0: My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine and is produced by Mecho Radio. Hey guys, before we get into today's show, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Mecho Radio. Over on Mecho Radio, we've got a ton of great shows. This is just going to be a general shout out. Go and check them out. You can go to mechoradio.com. That's m-e-c-h-o radio.com. Now onto the show. <music> Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Chris Kepler. Chris is a fellow podcaster, but unlike me, she sings opera. She has also worked in corporate and she does voiceover work for audiobooks, which I just think is kind of the next level of audio work. That's pretty cool. We also talk a lot about rabbits for some reason. (laughs) But it's a great conversation. And remember, after today's episode, to take five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Chris Kepler, welcome to MyWax Museum. Thank you. I'm excited to have you here uh, today. You are somebody who I've only met once before, and I always start every episode with how it is that we know each other. So do you remember uh specifically how we met? I'm pretty sure I remember the event. Yeah. It was just a couple of weeks Fair ago now. or a few weeks ago that we met. Uh do you want to fill the audience in? It's not like a very exciting story, but if you want to fill people in on uh how we know each other.
1: Yeah, we met through cuz we're both members of the Podcast Academy.
0: That's right. And
1: yeah, and we were having a meeting and great and yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about the about the mentorship program because through the Podcast Academy, you can be a mentor, you can be a mentee, you can be both. And and it provides some really cool opportunities to meet and interact with other podcasters. And so I'm excited to actually get to sit down with you and outside of like a, a networking kind of event, just ask you questions about your life experience, where you're from, where you are now and and where you're going. So With that, would you mind filling us in where you're from originally?
1: Where I'm from originally, Worcester, Ohio.
0: Worcester, Ohio. Uh
1: Uh-huh, yeah.
0: Tell me about Worcester. Is it a nice place?
1: No, it's a small town, (laughs) north-central Ohio. I actually enjoyed, you know, growing up there. Um, It has a large Amish population, and I actually had Amish babysitters.
0: Really? Yeah. Interesting. So th- this is really curious to me. I grew up in a city, and so the small-town life experience is fascinating to me in general. And so what, what were some of the highlights of growing up in a small town and, and maybe a, of having Amish babysitters as well, if, if there is a highlight to that? <laughs>
1: um, a small town, you know, it was very quiet we had horses cuz we had a lot of land um and my my mother just loved horses so um i <laughs> and i remember we had some chickens too i, I have bad memories about chickens cuz it's like why would you hand a chicken to a 5 year old <laughs> you know <laughs> It's like I got flopped in the face, I dropped it, then they <laughs> yelled at me, I dropped a chicken, it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't like chickens.
0: <laughs> you don't know, like, is it, is it specifically because of that experience that you don't like chickens?
1: Yeah, I think it is. It's like, yeah, I'm not good. I don't go near those
0: things. Just tra- <laughs> Just traumatized you early on.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. So, okay. So, you had a lot of land in this small town in Worcester, Ohio. Yeah. Did you, like, was it was it a, a farm or was it just that you lived on this property or kind of what were you guys doing out there?
1: Uh, just that we lived on the property. Um, my parents ran a floral shop.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And... And nursery, so that's I think that's why I got exposure to. Well, both my parents did some floral design, more my mother, and so I come from a background of, of you know, creative. My parents are both very creative, especially my mother. Uh, I didn't inherit the; they were more like visual artists. Instead, I'm I, you know, became a performing artist. <laughs> Which which they thought was were kind of strange, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, so that was so they they lived. You know, I had babysitters because she was working all day long. Not very far away, but still, it was you know she's pretty occupied most of the day with running the business. So
0: and so did you did you end up helping out at the floral shop at all growing up?
1: No, not yeah. I I was. Like I say, visual, visual was never my thing. Visual art, not Not your forte. No, no. Um, I actually struggle with it to this day. I do some, but it's not. I do some with, you know, putting photographs to audio, but it's it's one of the harder art forms for me. Any kind of visual art, I'm just not. it's, It's not my thing. So.
0: Interesting. So but you grew up with creative parents, with parents who, who were yes. you know artistic mm-hmm. in these ways. Yeah. How was it that you figured out that your that you had a an interest in performing arts? Where where did that come from?
1: Well my dad liked to sing. And so that's where that came from. And so then I st- got started in choir in junior high and and I liked to sing. I was told for a very long time I couldn't sing and I would never learn to sing. (laughs) And so uh, I think I get high marks for persistence here (laughs) (laughs) because I refused to give up because I liked it and I wanted to keep doing it and I like music. And so uh, it wasn't until I got to junior college that somebody said, oh, we'll do this and that. Oh, how about that? You can sing. (laughs)
0: <laughs> You're like I've been trying this whole time. I've
1: been trying this whole time. You couldn't have figured this out.
0: So, what was it like what was it that drew you to singing specifically? I mean, other other than your father singing himself?
1: And there's just just something something about music cuz I like almost all forms of music. Um, my dad liked opera and classical, which of course I didn't like as a kid, but i eventually ended up learning to sing opera but i just something about music itself that why i love audio um just you know because now i spend so much time doing audio i just love audio in in all sorts of forms so yeah and that was obvious from at early yeah fairly early age that
0: yeah yeah, and obviously, I too have a, a love for audio. I host a lot of podcasts and produce a lot of podcasts. It's, it's what I love to do. So I'm always curious about the different ways that we communicate through audio. I think you're the first person I've had on the podcast who does opera, who ha- or who has s- sang opera before. And at least as far as I know, you're the first person to bring it up. So, do you like tell me a little bit about this? Because I've I've seen opera and it's beautiful and it's incredible what people can do with their voices. Uh-huh. <laughs> but te- I don't know what's the point. Like, tell me tell me about opera.
1: I, you know, it was funny. Um, I I went back to taking voice lessons in my late thirties, and. Um, the teacher was like, she had a classical background, so she says, oh, let, let's try it, you know. you're First of all, I was told growing up that I was an alto, a lower voice, and then I got with a teacher who actually knew something, and she said, I uh, know you're a soprano. Not only was I a soprano, I was a high soprano.
0: Whoa, really? <laughs> I remember. That's, uh, that. that's quite the I difference. I remember.
1: <laughs> In the I sang with the uh, Saddle Symphony Chorale for about six months. And I remember sitting in the high soprano section and looking over at the alto section and going, wow. <laughs> how on earth did they mess that one up?
0: <laughs> so how, how did they figure that out? Did you just practice with them and experiment
1: Uh, well no it was the voice teacher that I got that really knew what she was doing and the minute she heard my voice said no you're not an
0: alto interesting
1: yeah and so let me tell you after trying to sing the low parts which didn't really fit my voice for so long it was very freeing to actually get music that sat well with my voice but learning to sing up there was like oh my gosh wow. It was difficult. But once I got there, I, I just loved it. It's just, you know, and I've also done, and I have, as far as opera goes, and then she, she gave me this opera piece. She said, Oh, why don't you try this? And it was love at first singing, you know,
0: Huh.
1: there's something just, you know, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of opera, but the opera that I do like, I really like, um, but singing it was just, I think it was the challenge and the just, it's like opera has the emotion written into it. Whereas, you know, in, in musical theater, it's sort of separated. You know, you do the acting and you do the singing and they're separate. But with opera, it's, act you know, the acting is built into the vocal part. So I think that's, that's what I found, found appealing. About it, it definitely, you know, from doing just straight acting, musical theater, and then opera. Opera is the very hardest I have ever done Um, because you you not only have to have this great vocal output, but you have to watch the conductor, and you have to stand where you're supposed to stand, and you're. (laughs) Whoa! There's a lot of stuff, multitasking going
0: on here. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, all the opera I've ever seen, I'm like, wow, you know, it it is in incredible, and the, I mean, the the force <laughs> with which you sing and just amazing. So did you did you do a lot of solos? Did you do a lot of performances and stuff with that?
1: I I didn't. Uh I did some you know, student productions, stuff like that. Um, but uh, not a lot of professional work. I did probably more professional work in um, musical theater. Uh, I sang uh, the role of the mother Abbess in the sound of music for like 29 performances, um, you know, in a local local, theater so um oh wow so yeah that um but that was fun that's sort of an operatic part anyway and they didn't want to uh lots of times they'll lower it the musical directors because you know they get an older lady and they she's got a lower voice and but the musical director i was working with said i'm not changing it it's like that's fine with me i'm very happy singing up there so (laughs) (laughs)
0: so it worked worked. that's perfect it worked yeah (laughs) hey guys Alex popping in here mid podcast just to remind you to go and check out the other great shows coming from Mecco Radio you can go to M-E-C H-O radio dot com that's Mecco radio dot com hear you over there see you over there whatever it is we'll be there now back to the show Tell me a bit more as you got into, I guess, I don't know, career life and, and like what, what what have you done uh, after like leaving school? Because you did mention college. Like, what did your life look like from there?
1: Yeah, um, I chose the exactly wrong profession for myself. I started out being a medical technologist. Oh, it's, it was, the, I hate doing things quickly. Uh, and rushing and that 's all it is for eight hours a day. How quickly can you turn these tests around it 's like uh, I hated it um, but i I also like science. I still like science um, it 's just that i didn 't like doing science in that manner, and i didn 't know that so um, and then i took a I finally took a class in in career choosing a career at a, at a community college and that was the best thing i ever did it's like everybody should do this take a class that matches your personality with careers and that's where i found a career that i was at for 20 years of purchasing i was a procurement professional and actually i loved it i loved it unfortunately i didn't like corporate life <laughs> Loved the job. I didn't like corporate life. Never fit very well into corporate life. Um, I really liked the job. So, um, so I spent, you know, and then and then I'd go home and I'd do acting stuff in the evening for many many years. And it got very. I was pretty
0: tired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've got this busy job, corporate, right? And then and then you go home and. Of course, you love pouring your heart into your hobbies and the things that you love, but you know it can get overwhelming. So how did how did you end up dealing with that?
1: Most of my purchasing career, I spent in tech, high tech, which was a very you know during the eighties, ninety was pretty volatile to work in that area. So I got laid off a lot, and I eventually just got tired of tired of getting laid off and i was lucky to um save a lot of money and so you know kept putting it away uh, for retirement um and <clears throat> after in the, and then i got into voiceover and really loved that because it combines my acting and my singing skills and i have to say especially when i'm doing an audiobook. Every time I step in front of the mic, I'm using my singing skills and my acting skills, both, and especially my
0: singing skills. Uh, so so you're doing so you start doing voiceover work, which is really fascinating to me, of course, being in podcasting. That's kind of an adjacent industry, right? And so what and you talk about using your singing and your acting skills in this. How how do you go about Doing voiceover for an audiobook. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm just, I'm just curious.
1: Oh boy, it's um, audiobooks. Um, first, you read the book, and you go through it, and you look at it for pacing. And I do a lot of nonfiction, and so I'm going through and saying, "Do I n- really know how to pronounce this word?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you would be surprised <laughs> at the number of things you've been mispronouncing. Pronouncing all these years. (laughs) And you don't always, yeah, and you never know until you run into the tongue twister that you've actually got a tongue twister. Um, let me tell you saying three sentences in a row that have seashells in them, it becomes a tongue twister.
0: (laughs) I can imagine.
1: It's it's just the silliest stuff, is like, oh, what? So you read the book, you look, you know, make sure you got all the pronunciations down. Then it's like you, you know, set it up and away you go. Um, And so it's, you know, it's uh, people generally standard is about 9,300 words an hour so, you can imagine if you've got. I did a just recently completed a nine hour audiobook.
0: A nine hour audiobook.
1: Nine hour audiobook. It was like, yeah, 50 hours worth of work because for every hour of narration, it's two to three hours of editing.
0: Holy cow. Do you edit that yourself?
1: I do. I taught myself how to edit. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Like, because I was thinking about that yesterday. I I listen to audiobooks because I'm a faster listener than reader. And so uh-huh, audiobooks yeah. are this amazing thing for me. How, like, I was thinking about, you know, how long do you have to do multiple takes for things? Do you do, you know, repeat the sentence, repeat the sentence? Like,
1: yeah, it it, it depends. If I don't like the way I said something, maybe I run into a tongue twister. Or, you know, I I ran into an audio a narrator earlier early in my career that had been doing books for years and he said you know i still make a mistake every page (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's yeah Yeah, i mean yeah
0: you're you're reading this thing you're bound to make a mistake so what do you do when you make a mistake do you just go back to the start of the paragraph how does that work
1: i usually go back to the start of the sentence
0: okay yeah Yeah. just to the start interesting yeah
1: yeah yeah and now I've gone to. There's a, a company out there that makes a proofing program that will proof your book. The machine will listen and proof your book for you. They're called Positron.
0: Interesting.
1: So yeah, So I use them to catch mistakes and you know um, proof proof the book. So that that has actually say yeah, I think my books sound better and and it's actually made life it makes editing life easier
0: yeah because i i know i mean for podcasting editing takes the most amount of time as as well right
1: yeah it does it's it's the same you know a podcast is really similar to it's like a shorter audiobook
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and and an audiobook is usually a lot more polished than than a podcast, depending on the podcast, and depending on the audio book, I think. <laughs> yeah,
1: but the, you know, my podcast, I, I'm narrating. It's like a micro audio book, so actually, I edit pretty much edit my podcast to the same standard that I would mm-hmm. an audiobook. So, but I can do that. It's short, so.
0: <laughs> right. It's it's a lot easier than the nine hour recording. I can't imagine nine hours of that. Yeah
1: yeah, oh my gosh, that was, yeah, it was like, man, it took me almost the whole month of January to narrate and produce that. So, but it's in, it's in the queue to get published. So
0: that's incredible. Okay. I, all this, all this talk about story and art and communication. I want to hear what the kind of main ideas uh, with your life that you have communicated that you are communicating, and that you want to communicate. What are the things you want to tell people?
1: Uh, well, I like to make people laugh, and so I love humor. And um, so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, through the audio that I produce, that I'm, I want to bring a little humor and a little, hmm, you know. Huh, you know, the mundane things in life can be kind of interesting and funny. And just to to have people look around them and maybe look at things a little differently.
0: Interesting. Because uh, in our quick questions beforehand uh, that that I always ask before each interview, you mentioned seeing this crow trying to crack this nut and flying up onto the pole and, you know, and dropping it and seeing if it'll crack. Yes. And so... I yes. I just yeah. really appreciate that insight into the little things, right? And into these little things that you just walk by every every single day. Do you have some sort of practice that you do to try and notice those little things or are you just lucky and just, <laughs> it just comes to you?
1: No, you know, um I do have a uh, a blog. I only write I write it quarterly now, but it's usually it's, it's about something I've noticed like that. And I write those little ideas down and then it becomes a, a blog that I do every quarter about, you know, some rabbit issues. We have an, an exploding rabbit population around here. And so if you've got two dogs, <laughs> you're going to notice that because they notice that. And there, some we've had some rabbits be stupid enough to come into our backyard, which is fenced.
0: Are g are what are the rules around around dealing with with vermin in your your area? Like, are you allowed to deal with it, or do you just have to let it happen?
1: Well, it's sort of you know let it happen. So
0: okay.
1: uh, <laughs> the body count last year was four.
0: <laughs> oh wow! Yeah.
1: yeah, they all yeah yeah it, yeah. Um, and sometimes there was a lot of screaming, um, you know, because the one rabbit almost ran me down. Uh, So, you know, know,
0: (laughs) they're really taking over
1: screaming. I'm screaming. (laughs) It's
0: like, like, you stupid rabbit. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) They really are taking over. eh?
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There, my 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 partner took the dogs out. He usually takes the dogs out later at night. He took them out for a you know late patrol. Two rabbits across the street, one down the street, and another up the street, and that four rabbits. Just it's like, uh.
0: holy cow! Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we got rabbit issues. Wow. <laughs> uh.
0: Yeah, that is, I mean, we've got a lot of rabbits over here too, but maybe maybe not that bad. Or maybe I'm not paying enough attention.
1: I, well, I, you know, I, and our rabbit, the urban rabbits are just, they're not, they're used to, they're so, they're used to people, they're used to dogs, they're used to cars, they, you know, they just don't, you know, so like, yeah, they don't care.
0: They don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, there goes another one of those two-legged yeah. Creatures, uh, yeah. yeah, walking uh, along, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, tell 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 me a little bit about your podcast. We we've mentioned you do a blog, you also do a podcast. What is it that you do on your podcast?
1: What's called? Does this happen to you? And it's funny stories from fantastic writers about life and befuddlement. It's just <sighs> funny stories about just. Yeah, I went to the grocery store today and got in an argument with the checkout person about the price of jalapenos. Yeah, that that actually happened to me. Uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, I was... Uh, another writer went to the... He went to the grocery store on Saturday night because they has kids, and that's the best time to shop, and he got pulled into being the wingman for some guy that was trying to pick up the wine lady. <laughs>
0: What? <laughs> the the strangest things do happen, don't they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of my recent ones is why why your dog scratches the earth after dinner. You know?
0: <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, and it's does this happen to you? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Uh maybe if you if you have anything I've got one more question, but if you have anything else you want to plug or anything, you can get that in right now before I get to my last question here.
1: Oh, uh, well, I have a website, www.chriskepler.com. And you can, there's links to my podcast there and, and my voiceover and um, probably some of my acting too.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'll have a link for that down in the show notes. And with that, I've got one last question. And I ask this question to every guest I have on. And it is, at the end of your life, When you look at everything you've done up till now, and when you look at everything that you've yet to do as well, what are the things that you hope and expect you will be the most proud of and the most satisfied by?
1: I am really proud of my podcast. Um, I really love collaborating with other writers and getting their stories in front of more people. Uh, and I hope to do more of that i'd like to do more of that <clears throat> um, i'm yeah, and i'm very proud of my acting and uh, how far I've come there. You know, I have an i m d b page and um <clears throat> and I was really proud that I got as far as I did in my singing, yeah. To be told you'll you can't sing you'll never sing and then to eventually sing opera that was um, it was a very satisfying accomplishment.
0: Yeah, for me. yeah, I I really like your your focus on creativity, your focus on sharing stories and entertainment with people, making people happy, making people laugh, and finding the that joy in just the the everyday things. So with that, Chris, I just want to say thank you again for joining me today.
1: You're welcome. I enjoyed it.
0: (laughs) And thank you, not just for listening to and supporting the show, but also for listening to the people around you. Remember to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.